Please remain standing and pray with me. Father, we are thankful as we gather to get today, we gather in your presence to celebrate salvation, the work of Christ on the cross for us, that unending, unmeasurable love. And Father, as we come to the preaching of your word, I pray that you would look upon your servant. I know in myself I am not able to stand here, and I ask that you speak, O oh God. Come, Holy Spirit, open our ears and our hearts, and open my mouth and fill them with your words. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Well, we all want something, don't we? There's always something that we want. And there was a show on a while back, I don't know if it's still on or not, but My Crazy Obsession. And these people wanted very odd things. One lady had over 5,000 Cabbage Patch dolls. Anybody remember Cabbage Patch dolls? One woman wanted everything, absolutely everything pink. She was fascinated with pink. Another was a collector of mannequins who said he preferred them over real people. One lady had 2,000 wigs. But my personal favorite is this couple who their dream date was going out and admiring their collection of washing machines. We all want something. And maybe we find ourselves a lot like one of my favorite bands, U2. We still haven't found what we're looking for. Climb those mountains, scale those city walls. Still haven't found what we're looking for. And today, Jesus asks, Andrew and another disciple, what do you seek? What do you want? What do you think will bring meaning to your life? A lot of people will say in a survey, they said that society brings meaning to their life. I don't know where they live, but I don't see much around us. <laughs> of course, the classical American response, freedom and independence, will give meaning to life. One group said spouses or romantic partners, jobs, travel, physical health, and way down the list, faith. Way down the list, right next to walking my dog or something like that. Faith. And it was shocking. And why? Would faith be so low in what brings meaning to life? Because we very easily relegate Jesus to a part of our life. We have our job life. We have our family life. We have our friends. We have our hobbies. And we put Jesus right in there. He's an accessory sometimes. And I came across a prayer that really exemplifies this kind of attitude called the Pew Potato Prayer. For those of you in the back row, no offense. You'll find out why. <laughs> Dear Lord, please leave me alone. Just let me sit here in my pew on Sunday. 
And Lord, guard my seat, the last seat here in the back row. No offense, back row. Except maybe Alex. Please don't let anyone else try to sit here, Lord. You know it's my seat. And precious Lord, please get me home quickly after church service on Sunday before all those church people try and recruit me to actually do something that I don't want to do. Lord, make them understand that I am happy and content just to show up on Sunday. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing my prayer, but I've got to go. Kickoff to the football game is only minutes away. You understand, Lord. Oh, and by the way, thank you for putting great games on TV this week. And thank you for the all-sports cable channel. See you next Sunday, Lord. Amen. An accessory to life. Andrew takes a different route with us today. I love Andrew. He's kind of quiet, and he has a few moments, but substantial moments in Scripture. And Andrew shows us today what it really means to put Jesus as the center and the essence of our life. And it was Charles Spurgeon who put it very well. If Christ is not all to you, he is nothing to you. He will never go into a partnership as a part savior of men. Either all or nothing. What do we learn from Andrew today? First of all, Andrew listened. He was a listener. Listening is different than hearing. Hearing just happens. Listening is a skill and a choice. Hearing involves sound. Listening requires concentration. Hearing is passive. Listening is active and attentive. Hearing is instinctive, but listening is intentional. Those of you that have been married a while, you understand that. The wife telling the husband something, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You didn't hear nothing. Be honest, guy. You didn't hear. You, were, you weren't listening. You were hearing but not listening. But Andrew was listening. He listened to the words of John the Baptist. And because he listened, it was easy for him to grasp who Jesus was. Because what we listen to shapes our mindset and our perspective and our anticipation. Classic example. Maybe these guys don't know. They don't have a lot of gray hair yet. But there was a, a movie that there were two notes in that movie that set us on the edge of our seat. Da da. Da da. But just the ocean? What's going on? But it set us on the edge of our seats because what we listen to shapes our perspective, our expectation, and our anticipation. Jesus looked like the son of a carpenter. There was nothing, as Isaiah prophesied, there's nothing extraordinary that would draw our attention to him. But Andrew saw something different. Andrew could see the reality because he was primed with listening to John the Baptist's teachings. For one week, I did an experiment. 
a very pagan experiment. I decided for five days, I wouldn't recommend this, but I did. I didn't read the Bible for five days. I have a great Bible app that reads it to me as I'm reading along. I like to hear the voice as I'm reading. For five days, I didn't do it. At the end of those five days, I felt like crap. And that is the PG version. I was anxious, depressed. I felt like I was teetering on the edge of a black hole because I wasn't listening to life. What do you invest your time listening to? Think about it. You can find plenty of bad news, depressing news, anxious, inspiring news. You can listen to friends grumble and complain. But we need to listen to life. Andrew was listening to words of life coming from John the Baptist. And it enabled him to see the life, Jesus. So after we've listened, what do we do? Well, it says Andrew heard, and he followed Jesus. He learned. Learning involves action. You listen, you learn, then you do. Andrew learned from John, and then he acted on it. He had to go out and seek this Jesus, who John said is the Lamb of God. Now, I learned something. Well, I learned a lot of things, but one of the first things I learned when I was in England is the absence of the use of the word the. We are, I'm going to go to the Walmart. I'm going to go to the Walmart. I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to go to the shop. We say that all the time, don't we? When I first got to England, it was so weird in my ear to hear, I'm going to hospital. What? You guys invented this language? You don't even know how to speak it? But I come to find out, because I didn't pay attention to English class or grammar, the means that's it. That's the only one. There's a whole lot of markets. There's a whole lot of hospitals. There's a whole lot of this and that. But the means it's the only one, and Andrew heard that. John didn't say, there's the Lamb of God, look at him. He said, the Lamb. Andrew followed him. Andrew wanted to find out where he was, what's he doing, what's he going on. He was on the same path as Jesus. That's what the word follow means. Are we on the same path as Jesus? Or have we invited him to the path of our own choosing? Big difference. Jesus turns around and says, Andrew, what do you want? Well, uh, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and see. What a wonderful invitation. I, Jesus was, in essence, saying, I want you to come and know me. Didn't have to set up an appointment. Didn't have to give a direction. Just come with me. Experience me. Come and hang out with me, Andrew. And that's what Jesus wants. I grew up in a church that we uh, emphasized Holy Ghost goosebumps. 
Maybe some of you don't know what those are. But the presence of Jesus is not always that dramatic thunderbolts and lightning. He wants us to experience the sweetness, the peace, the comfort, the power, and the security of his presence. The consciousness of his presence, because we all go through very dark times, don't we? And no matter how dark and cold the valley we may be in is, his presence will carry us through. His presence will guide us and strengthen us. And that's why I invited Andrew, come and just be in my presence. What a wonderful message. Jesus looking at Andrew probably still smelled like fish from fishing. Maybe had honey in his clothes and a couple of locust legs hanging off from eating lunch with John. Say, come hang out with me, Andrew. Sit down. So how can we be that type of disciple that is listening and learning and acting on what we have listened to and learned? Well, like Andrew, first thing we have to do is give up. We don't often think about that, but it says in another account that Andrew left the fishing nets in the water and his father in the boat, never to go back. He had to give up his business. He had to give up his former teacher, John. And for us to really follow Jesus, there's always a giving up. Is there anything you feel that you can't live without? I know we all need things. We need a shelter. We need clothing. We need air. We need water. We need food. I'm not talking about needs. But is there anything you feel you can't live without? Because anything can become an idol that rivals our allegiance to Jesus. And it doesn't have to be anything big or grotesque or horrible or sinful. I remember growing up, one thing that my grandmother from Galax, Virginia, always had was Pepsi in a glass bottle. She would search. When they started moving to cans and plastic, she would search for the glass bottles. I used to look forward to that. Going over there, you'd get cheese pops and a Pepsi in a glass bottle and an oatmeal cream pie. I mean, you were at the gateway of heaven right there. <laughs> and then I went to her house one day and there was no Pepsi in a glass bottle. I said, Grandma, you all right? You feeling okay? You still got cheese puffs, oatmeal cream pie. What am I going to wash it all down with? Water? And she looked me in the eye. She said, I had to give them up. I wanted them too much. Is there anything in your life you want too much other than Jesus? Andrew gave it up. We have to give it up because loyalty to Jesus is exclusive. There's nothing else allowed. And we have to learn to live from a place of inner detachment. 
I'm not mean not have to give it up, but have the mindset, hey, I've got it. If I don't have it, I'm okay too. It's all good because I have Jesus. What else would we have to learn? Not only to give up, but to be dependent. Andrew, from this point forward, looked to Jesus for everything. They were following him. They were dependent on him for everything. His job was gone. His mentor was gone. Now it's just him and Jesus. And this is hard for us, isn't it? Dependency. We like to be independent. We like to be in charge of our own destiny. Sounds great. But if I'm in charge of my own destiny, man, I I don't really want to know where that ends up. We have to trust him and depend on him and be confident that God will work in our life. That surrendered dependency leads us to confident expectation in what God will do. Confident expectation. Surrendered dependency leads us to confident expectation. And expectancy is a powerful thing. Expectation is powerful. Anybody ever heard of a guy called Tiger Woods? Yeah. Early on in his career in an interview, he made a very bold statement. He was young, and they thought, oh, he's just a young buck. He ain't got no sense. He told that interviewer, when I tee it up on Thursday, I expect to win this tournament. I fully expect I will win. Did he win every tournament? No, but he did pretty good. He won about 25% of the tournaments he entered. Only one or two other guys surpassed that mark. Expectation is powerful. Andrew found the Messiah because he expected it. And he was dependent on him. Lastly, for us to be like Andrew, simply we have to follow. If we're dependent upon him, we have to follow. And as people, we don't really like to follow. Because I remember, remember when you were young and your parents said, don't do that. What was the number one thing you wanted to do? That. And as parents, what is the bulk of our parenting for? To train our kids to follow. When we were in the midst of deciding to to leave England and go to the Philippines to join this crazy church that wears robes and waves smoke around (laughs) and almost worships idols, statues. It was a hard decision to make. And my friend's father-in-law was visiting from California, and I invited him over for breakfast. A very spiritual man, very prayerful man, very godly man. And uh, I knew he I made him like biscuits and gravy, and he was like totally shocked. He's like, this, I was expecting a British breakfast. No. 
right in the middle of breakfast, he just goes into this, like, for lack of a better term, Holy Ghost trance. And he just closed his eyes and just raised his head and said, thank you, Jesus. He did that for like five minutes. And I'm like, I knew I could cook, but I didn't know I was that good. <laughs> and he opens his eyes and he looked at me in the eyeball and I would never forget these words and I passed them on to you. He said, we do not have decisions to make. Only instructions to follow. That's our life in a nutshell. Read the scriptures. Look at your own life. When you've made a decision without following, how many times has it ended up a mess? And, we, and then we turn around, God, what happened? Why would you do this? And he's like, well, yeah, well you kind of decided that on your own. We only have instructions to follow. And sometimes those instructions don't make sense. So when we left London, our church was phenomenal, and it's still going great. The guy that I left in charge is doing an f- amazing job. And sometimes I sit there and think, man, why did we go to the Philippines? All the way around the world, and then we stayed there for several years, and then we come back to the States, and I'm like, God, what was the whole point of all that? Especially when I couldn't find a job. And it came to a head when I was coming back. We were here for a couple of months. I couldn't find a job. I went to Biscuitville. And they said, well, we've already hired somebody. We we don't need you. Biscuitville? Come on, God. And I'm driving back. God, you know, you made us leave London, go to the Philippines, come back here. I don't understand anything. Why did we even go to the Philippines to begin with? And I felt like Job at the end of the book of Job. When God answers. This is why we just follow. As clear as day, I remember sitting in my dad's old Dodge truck going down Interstate 40. He said, I sent you to the Philippines for one person. Because that is how much I love my people. When we follow, maybe it's just for one person. But that one person is of supreme value in God's economy. So we follow. We are dependent. We give up so that we can be this true disciple of Jesus, not making Jesus an accessory to our life, but our life. Jesus' invitation to Andrew is for all of us. Come and you will see. Don't keep Jesus in a compartment of your life. Embrace him who is life as your life. I love the fact that the central action of our faith is eating. Can you tell? Why is that so wonderful? On many levels. But we absorb life from the food we eat. Or if you eat Cheetos and junk food, you're absorbing death. But, you know, if you eat right, you're going to absorb life. And Jesus is our life. No wonder he told us further on in John. He says, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst, because he is our fulfillment in life. Not good this or good that. Jesus is the fulfillment. And today, as you come to the altar, what looks like a very odd piece of bread and wine in a very fancy cup, it's a whole lot more. In this action, Jesus is offering all that he is to you. All that he is to you. Because if you didn't realize it, you are his crazy obsession. Come today and see him. Don't leave without seeing Jesus today. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.